1: And have you been feeling vulnerable, sad, maybe raw or downright lost and depressed lately? So much is breaking down on the planet. So much is shifting and everything is changing. It can be a scary, lonely place. So are you allowing yourself to really feel into this intense, deep place and welcome what's arising? Our personal and planetary pain is real pain, and it is pain with a purpose. It is time to meet each other in this darkness, to gather in the valley with courage and compassion as we midwife each other through this messy, dark birthing process. Uh. So how can we relax and let go when it feels like everything as we know it has been, is being annihilated. Our guest today says, when we come to know who we are not, that's when we learn who we are. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, Open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness. As I introduce our guest, you heard her voice briefly there for a moment. Pamela Jane Durand is an ardent and acclaimed internationally beloved singer, songwriter, poet, and sound healer. Pamela kindles a powerful connection to the hearts of listeners with a voice that has been described as angelic, powerful, and soulful, and her music and lyrics as uncommonly moving. Pamela's passion for personal and planetary healing is at the heart of her artistry and activism. She travels widely and has performed at festivals and forums across Canada, the United States, England, France, Sweden, Costa Rica, and India, a passionate advocate for peace and social justice. Pamela has written original songs and poems for many international initiatives, including the 1000 Goddesses Gathering in Washington, D.C. and the March for Our Lives. She was also a speaker at the Women's Economic Forum in New Delhi, India, and there she was awarded the Iconic Woman Making a Difference in the World Award, and she has made a difference in my life. Welcome, Pamela.
2: Ah, oh, Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Julie. Oh, just breathing with you into that beautiful invitation and introduction. Mm. Mm.
1: Well, your words and your... Just the essence of who you are is a beautiful breath itself. And I am so looking forward to unpacking a really important conversation today because there's so much happening. And I know for both of us personally, we've been going through a lot and so are others here on the planet. But first, we have a traditional first question here okay. on the show, Pamela. And yes. I always like to set this conversation into this larger meme, this bigger context. So if you wouldn't mind answering for our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? Ah, <clears throat> all things connected.
2: Oh, as you ask me this question, I feel you and me and your producer, Remy, connected in a beautiful web, a triune, the three of us. And I feel that connection reaching out like a beautiful spider web into the world with anyone who is joining us today and listening with us and how we are connecting heart-to-heart, mind-to-mind, soul-to-soul in this place and time called now. And it is the, the matrix of meaning that I believe we've come to the planet to experience together on a planet of duality where we suffer when we feel disconnected, when we feel that all things are connected that is when we feel vibrant and alive and in love with ourselves and each other. And the suffering disappears, the separation disappears. And to me, that that connection
1: is when we're just, we're plugged in. Mm. (laughs) Thank you for that. You know, this this is, so that was perfect. That it turned to that conversation about the suffering and feeling, feeling, that when we feel disconnected, like really going through suffering when we feel disconnected, because like in the intro, there's so much going on in the planet, there's so much going on in the world, and really so many, so so many have been taught to just Buckle up and keep going. Put a smile on your face. You know, I just was thinking about being at a a, a very large social event over the weekend, you know, and everybody puts on their best dress and puts on their best smile. And, you know, and, and here we are. And yet there is there is a lot of suffering going on in the world. And so. It's an important topic. It's not an easy topic, but I'm just going to open this, Pamela, with with both of us because we've experienced lately a lot of this challenge that's happening. There's a lot of, of midwifing this new, and yet both of us have given birth, and we know birth is... Can be very painful, and it's not an easy process. And here, as we're, as things are breaking down on the planet. And we're birthing anew. There's there's a lot of labor pains right now. So, why don't you talk just a little bit about your story and and you know you've been around the world. Your music makes a difference to so many people. And here we are in 2018, and um, the summer has been a difficult few months. Can you tell us a little bit about your story?
2: Yes. Yes. So this summer for me has been unlike a lot of other summers with um, some very beautiful, joyful travel and uh, outward experiences with other people and saying yes to a lot of invitations. I ended up coming back from some travel that I had in June with uh, exhausted. And, you know, my there was no gas in my tank. And I realized that I had been um, on a cycle for many years of saying a lot of yeses. And a lot of them were very juicy, wonderful, in-alignment yeses. And some of them were old patterns of commitments and um Alignments that were actually draining me, and I came to a full stop when I came home because I actually had adrenal exhaustion. So, my body brought me into a full stop, and as I came home to this full stop, I had a number of things that I was, um, in July that I was meant to do a retreat I was meant to lead, other things, and I just wasn't, I always, you know, approached these events with so much joy and anticipation and I just wasn't feeling it. And it everything kind of came crashing down um, with the, the death of my dog. And th- um, during the whole month of July, as my beloved companion, Henry of over 16 years, um, was ill with cancer and in his final weeks, you know, I always knew this day would come. But it brought me into this, what I said, this quiet quarantine where all of a sudden it kind of gave me, I won't say the excuse, but the reason to say no to a bunch of um, invitations and requests and and things out in the world that were asking me um, to go places, you know, fulfill obligations. And I just... I just drew in and I and as I did that it was a relief in some ways and it was also deeply uncomfortable in a lot of other ways because it was summer and you know in the summertime the weather's beautiful and we we like to be out and enjoying ourselves and being in that sort of outward expression but I really kind of drew in and as I went through this few weeks with my beloved dog and then experienced his passing a couple of weeks ago, I really came into um, a place of groundlessness like I've really not touched uh, for years or maybe even ever before in my life. And I really felt that it was both personal and planetary as I was hearing about some other things that people were going through and the astrology that was showing us that we were really in a squeeze and being asked to give over anything that was not supporting our highest and best vision of our life. And so I was letting go. I was home a lot more. And so then it's shifted from sort of um, resting, rejuvenating to releasing and then then it was a bit of depression and grief. And then I really was tuning into the collective and feeling the forest fires, the flooding we've had recently, the pain in the world. And it became this deeply empathic time where I didn't run from my feelings in fact, I did a lot, of, a lot of Tonglen, which is the Buddhist practice of breathing in the pain, my personal pain, the pain of the world, and then breathing out love and mercy and compassion. And I made it a very proactive, numinous, nurturing practice to sit in my pain and my loss and not distract myself from it, not run from it. And I found myself being transformed because I started to find a sweetness and a relaxation in this surrender where I really contacted my true voice. Because I realized that in a lot of ways, I had been running old programs of ways that I felt that I should be in the world. And it's almost like as I gave over, it was kind of humorous because I was like, okay, well, it's like week two, week three, and, and the ego's going, well, you haven't gone anywhere, haven't made any money, haven't done, like all of the, the metrics of our success, right? But I went deeper and deeper into this beautiful chrysalis where Pema um, Chodron talks about um, in her book, When Things Fall Apart. I reread that book this summer, and she talks about the places that scare us, and especially the groundlessness of our life, especially death, loss, however that appears in our life. And I think so many people are feeling this because our world is shifting. And I believe it's ultimately shifting to something magnificent and better than what we've known. But what we're seeing in the world is the death of image as we are birthing into essence. Because we have been seduced to buy a bill of goods that we are our image. And we have been seduced to believe that youth and beauty and a fabulous car and traveling and all of those things that are joyful and they, you know, they bring us a certain amount of happiness or, you know, we're we're energized and inspired for a bit, but they come and they go, they're transitory. And they're also rooted in the external. And they're also, um, you know, when it comes right down to it, they, they are rooted in something that we keep investing in these things that... In the end, we fear we will lose them. We will lose our youth. We fear our our bank account will, you know, something will happen to the stock market. All of these transitory image based things. When all along our soul, our essence is saying, go deeper, go deeper, because the opposite of image is essence, and essence is infinite and eternal beyond death. And so we connect to that essence place. It is where we are released from the wheel of samsara, our suffering and our desiring. In the Buddhist, the Sanskrit word samsara is we're constantly on this wheel, you know, desiring, seeking, um, acquiring, accumulating, adding to our status and our collection of stuff. But on the other side of the suffering when we lose, because the nature of life is change. Everything is temporary. So death and loss brings us into this full stop place where I say depressed is actually deep rest. Mm. And I recently read um, a fabulous post on Facebook. It was our friend Jade Rader. I'm gonna I'm gonna give her credit because she typed 911 the time, and she said emergency, but she typed it out as emerge and see. So, I just feel like that is such an amazing way of seeing the time we're in. We feel like we're in emergency. There is chaos all around us. There, The world, her, Gaia herself, is erupting and on fire and flooding, and there's a slight feeling of panic in, in us at all times right now, unless... In, we, we let go of the outer world and that fear and move into the deep space of love that is always holding us in that essence place. And we connect to two things that nurture our essence. That is nature and
1: creativity. Mm. Before we go there, I want to pause. Okay. I love this nature and creativity, but I want to pause... And really anchor this thought, idea, or practice of sitting in the pain and the loss and the grief. Like you experienced groundlessness. A lot of people are experiencing this groundlessness. But when we invite one to welcome it and to just sit in it. Be with it. That's where a lot of people go, no way, I'm out of here. The distractions, the addictions, um, there's lots of ways to run from that. There's lots of ways to deny it, hide it, stuff it back down in the dark or the shadow takes over. So let's just pause for a minute and go there because I think it's so important, Pamela, that we Mm -hmm. really um, take the ca- catastrophic thinking, or the impulse away from that invitation, mm-hmm. and really um, hold it in its sacredness. Instead of, you know, we're going to talk about nature and art, and and you know, really moving into essence, which helps us when we're suffering from this feeling of disconnection. But how do we? invite others to be in this place when there's there's this illusion of annihilation right the ego's going to no longer be so it's going to fight for this image thing that's happening this Mm-mm. the metrics of success or who will i be if i'm not this and really open to Letting it go and releasing and being with the pain to get to our authentic self. So, how do we how do we sit with the pain knowing that the pain isn't going to kill us? Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, beautiful. So beautiful, Julie. As you were talking, I just feel you drawing me into that place of surrender and allowing, because that's what it is. It's allowing. And what I say is courage, my love, feel
1: to reveal what is arising to be healed. Mm. Say that again, Pamela, because that's really beautiful. Say that one more time.
2: Feel to reveal what is arising to be healed so my experience has shown me that as you asked me that question at the beginning about what is all things connected when we feel connected and in our truth you know we're feeling good we're feeling we're feeling that flow we're feeling connected to source there's not the disturbance in our mind the heaviness of of those lower emotions but when we're disconnected and in suffering it's generally because we are refusing to feel what our heart and our body is asking us to experience the mind goes mayday mayday i can't i don't want to feel this and judges I will say the heck out of it. Mm -hmm. So I would say the best way to be with your pain is to be with your pain. And I mean, having gone through what I went through this summer, grief asks us to cry. Our tears are a baptism. You know, science has shown that our tears contain chemicals that are releasing toxins from our body. But we are not invited to cry, especially men. You know, men are invited to be okay with their anger, women are not. Women are invited to be okay with their tears, men are not. So we need to rebalance this and open the conversation I, about grief, about sadness, about these these emotions when they arise, you know, we elevate and admire and, and market the heck out of the shiny life, you know, be successful, you know, get your six-figure income going, you know, have this, do that. But it, the, on the contrast of that is the the natural rhythms of life includes times when we are in the valley and when we are our body is asking us to release the heaviness of these emotions. So we we talked earlier today, and you know there's a cliche, laugh and the world laughs with you, cry and you cry alone. Yeah. Well, I will say right now that this summer I f- have felt so alone when I allow my mind to judge what I'm going through and looking out at the happy shiny world on Facebook, or even some people that I might've thought might've shown up in my world. What I've really come to know is that death and loss scares the bejesus out of people and they would rather not get near it or talk about it for the most part, there are people who do. But what I've experienced is, it is such an irony that at a time when you feel so low and you so need the connection of others. It's a time when we feel isolated. We feel like there's something wrong with us. So I feel like the the challenge on the planet right now and also the incredible catalyst for change is for us to come out of the closet and to say, oh my God, you know, I feel this too. You know, the Me Too movement has been about so many things. You know, and and so many mental health initiatives are about admitting that we sometimes feel low or powerless. And so I think the conversation is not only allowing ourselves to let the feelings arise, to let ourselves cry, and then not so much run from it, but I will say when we feel deeply, heavily depressed in that low energy, meditating is not going to be a good way to get you out of that if you're anxious sitting and meditating would be better because you need to calm yourself but if you're super low energy and in lethargy actually walking or running or dancing is a really good way to shift that because i'm not saying you want to just marinate it until you just you know unravel i mean that might be part of it but we have not been taught the musculature of being with our pain and where we think there's something, like I said, there's something wrong with us. We don't want to share it with other people. Um, So I think there needs to be, we need a greater empowered mercy and compassion mission on the planet. That's what
1: I feel. Mm. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Okay, so I really want to just repeat this, this piece because I think this is important before we go to a break. Because what I'm hearing you say is, is so valid. When we're talking about sitting in our pain, we're not necessarily meaning sitting and marinating. Thank you for using that terminology. It's not an invitation to wallow in pain. What we're, what we're really talking about today is the invitation to feel Yes, to feel it. And then I love the invitation to walk or run or dance, to move it, feel it and move it. And we move that energy. We move the feeling by moving our bodies physically and expressing and releasing. So I, I think that is a brilliant invitation. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and to just really, as we're we're moving into the next half of our show, I really want to talk about this invitation of how do we meet one another in the shadows, in the valley, because you're right. Instead of laugh and the whole world laughs with you, cry and you cry alone, we need each other. We need one another in this time. So we are going to take a quick break. We are here with the brilliant and amazing Pamela Jane Durand. We're talking about this invitation, this exquisite invitation right now to let go of who we are, to really open to who we really are, because who we think we are may not be who we really are. So we're letting go of that shiny, happy, thing, and it's not always easy. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. The Empower Meditation Channel
0: Wildfires burn millions of acres across the country each year. And each year, wildland firefighters battle to contain them. But they can't do it alone. For some communities, it's not a question of if wildfires strike, but when. And a single ember can travel more than one mile. As it twists and turns and floats through the air, that single ember can find its way to where you live and can ignite and destroy your home or your community. That single ember can be just as dangerous as the wildfire itself. You can't control where the ember will land, but you can control what happens when it does. You can take action now to prepare your home and your community for wildfire. Get Fire Adapted. Learn what you can do now to reduce wildfire damage later at fireadapted.org. Prepare, protect, protect. Prevail, A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Learn more
3: at fireadapted.org. This is Namdi Asamoah. I play football for the Philadelphia Eagles, but what I do off the field with United Way might be more important. I'm a volunteer tutor and mentor. Why? Because over a million kids a year drop out of school, and that's not okay. It takes 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be me, or it could be you. Studies show that if we get to these kids earlier, their chances are better. And kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. So join me and United Way. Suit up and take the pledge. Become a volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor. Because when a child succeeds, we all succeed. Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge at UnitedWay.org. Brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and the National Football League. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing caregiving resource center at aarp.org slash caregiving articles tips and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself brought to you by aarp and the ad council smile you found empower radio
0: now back to the dr julie show all things connected on empower radio
1: Welcome back. Hey, if you are inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I'm here today with the amazing singer-songwriter Pamela Jane Durand. You can find out so much more about her work and her music at Pamela Jane Durand. That's Pamela, J-A-N-E-G-E-R-R-A-N-D.com. Pamela, welcome back to the second half. And right before we we closed the first half, we were really talking about this place of of. The invitation to come together and maybe to cry together instead of laughing. I I loved how you brought that that adage out. And so coming out of the closet with our pain, I was thinking of the three words that begin with a C here. You had mentioned courage. Mm -hmm. And in the intro, I mentioned compassion and then connection. And I'm thinking those three pieces are like the prescription for us to move through it. It's like we can't go around this pain. We need to go through this pain, but we can do it with connection, compassion, and courage. And so I'm wondering, this conversation of letting go of... The perfection, letting go of the shiny, happy, pretty appearance image is a really difficult thing in our world today because we are so conditioned. And yet... If we begin to have this conversation with one another, reach out and connect and have compassion for ourselves and others sitting in this place of pain, this liminal space of in between where it does feel groundless, how therapeutic that would be. What what more can we say about these three things? I'm thinking connection, compassion, and courage are, are really important right now.
2: Uh, absolutely. And then I saw a th- fourth C, you know, seeing this in a circle, you know, seeing ourselves together Mm -hmm. in a circle of this courage, compassion, connection, coming together um, in such a real way, because there is such a gift in the dark night of the soul. There's such a gift when we allow ourselves to just submit to the wretchedness. And I love this word because I came, <laughs> I came across it. Uh, I refer again to Pema Chodron's book, "When Things Fall Apart," and I think where we would meet each other in this circle, you see, we often come together in circle to inspire each other, mm. energize and inspire each other, and that's that's a brilliant, wonderful thing. And Pema says we need both our inspiration and wretchedness. And as I was reading this chapter in When Things Fall Apart, she talks about how our inspiration ennobles and enlarges us, connects us to the universal, the sacred. And and she says, but with only inspiration, we become arrogant. It's one note. But the darker, you know, mellow, muted note of our wretchedness that we all have in our human experience she said that is what humbles us and connects us to each other in, with compassion. Mm. So I feel like it's about dropping masks and the, the ways we, we have thought we need to be, and the way that the gift of our wretchedness actually peels away all of the layers until we are so real. You know that thing when you're just down, I say down to zero is an emptiness so full because Mm -hmm. you really, you're just, you just don't have that, um, that place of of the hype and the, and, and all of those external ways we are, we're efforting and striving. We just, there's, there's a sweetness to our vulnerability that I really think softens us. And that's where compassion is born. When we feel the depth of our own pain and suffering, That is when we can really connect to the other. And that's when separation dissolves. So I think it's about having the courage to connect in that place. And, you know, the other thing that came up to me, you know, I was thinking about um, the word real and an acronym for that being relaxed, expressive, authentic and loving so i think it's you know about relaxing into these birth pains instead of resisting and running from them um, so i just feel like there there is an invitation for us to have more of these conversations um, there is an invitation for us to be so deeply real with each other that we begin to invoke a place where our value systems create a priority in our day where we check in with people we haven't heard from, a, from for a while or you know if you know they're going through a hard time we just learn to reach out and to connect in because my you know my experience many times is that it's almost like low states and low um moods people feel like they're catching You know, I don't want to go there, right? Like, and and it's different from negativity. I'm not talking about somebody who is a constant complainer and a whiner. I'm talking about somebody who's actually going through a difficult period in their life, showing up with courage. That's the compassion and the connection that we need is to understand that that is actually the deeper place where we cultivate the love of the mother, because this mothering love, we know that we, when we are mothered and loved well, it doesn't matter whether we um, have succeeded and just won an award or whether we have fallen and scraped our knee. That mothering love comes to enfold us and say two words, just two words. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. And I think that Even if we don't know what to say when someone is going through a difficult time, to just be present with them, put your arms around them, that is the the utterance of compassion. Like I feel you, I see you, you don't have to change, you know, you don't have to like put on makeup and be shiny and perfect, just cry, be a mess in front of me, right? So I think it's bringing presence to what is difficult in our world.
1: That's beautiful. And the presence, when you speak those two words, I know, I, I just watched my granddaughter yesterday and, and those words are just this natural extension of this mothering, right? It's like, you know, they're in their pain and they're crying. You go, I know, I know. And that's all we really need, isn't it? It's not like you're inviting, um, our, our closest friends, just like you said, not into um, commiserating with us or being the marinade that we soak in, but just presencing ourselves in this time to say it is tough. Yeah, And <clears throat> it is. It is tough. Thank you for those words. The other piece, Pamela, that I think is really important, I want to go into this not resisting Pain, not constricting and fighting and and resisting, because what we know from the mothering and the birthing, it's like when we relax into pain, the process moves forward. Yes. And when we fight it, we prolong it, we cause even more pain and suffering. So the invitation is really to relax together into this
2: absolutely yes and this breathing as these contractions are coming like waves across the planet we are in a most wondrous powerful magnificent time on planet earth it is a time of birth and there is also so much that is dying And as these pains and these contractions come, it's very much that metaphor of the caterpillar to the butterfly and and going into the chrysalis. But the caterpillar molts five times, sheds its skin five times. And I actually had caterpillars, it was so fascinating. You know, this is the other thing is that the natural world will always give you profound gifts if you will keep your eyes and ears open. And um, I had a whole bunch of milkweed and caterpillars this summer. And the day that I found out that my beloved dog had lymphoma, two of these caterpillars went into their chrysalises. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't know what would be the trajectory and timeline of my dog having cancer until the time he died. Well, he died about 13 days later. And the day after he died, the first chrysalis Um, The first butterfly emerged out of the chrysalis the day after he died and the second one the second day after he died. Hmm. And I looked at that metaphor and then came across um, Ted Andrews' uh, totem about the caterpillar saying that the caterpillar teaches us that we must release what is old to grow into the new. So, our tendency is to hang on for dear life, that resisting that we talk about. And when these birth pains come, when being in the valley of the shadow comes, like right now, so many of these old patterns and this conditioning that is both personal and planetary is arising because it doesn't serve. Belief systems of scarcity, lack, limitation, fear, separation do not serve. But so they have been running the show in our subconscious in the background for so long. But how do we birth something? It's got to, you know, come in the waves of the contractions to be released. So when we feel these things arising in us, the tendency is for the mind to go into fear, to judge, again, to say, oh, God, there's something wrong with me, Um When in fact, it's just a natural process of us molting, releasing this old um, carcass, this old shell that we were holding and something beautiful is on the other side of it. So the thing about once we've shed and we're in the chrysalis time, which might be, okay, we've shed, we're allowing ourselves to, to be with our deep feelings. This is that time literally seeing in the dark, where we call upon the trust of the love that, that is our source, whatever we call it, God, the divine, however we connect to something greater than ourselves, we literally are being asked to give over because we watch the process of Caterpillar to Butterfly, and it's, it's absolutely a miracle, and so are we. But our Mm -hmm. thinking interrupts this miraculous process by judging it, um, freaking out, going into fear, quickly trying to distract ourselves, go on Facebook, you know, check into the addictions, eat something, drink something, numb out. So the invitation is to feel fully what is arising. But to let it come through and not attach to it, just let it come through and and flow through you. Now, the key here is the mind, when it goes into fear, it will go into the past, it will freak out and go to the future, right? It's going to start stories, start um, reeling through the mind. Now, this is when we start to use our tools because we must parent our thoughts well. We are to allow the feelings to arise because they are arising to be healed. But To get into the stories of, oh, this reminds me of the time that happened. And then the mind can start cascading into creating a novel about this pain, right? Past, future. The key is to stay in the now moment, in divine neutrality. And just as you did at the beginning, and what we do when we're birthing, is to breathe, breathe deeply into what is coming up to be released. Allow it to flow without judgment, without fear, without distress. And even if it can be just a little bit of, um, you know, it can be disconcerting, but I said it can go right all the way to a feeling of terror. You know, what is happening to me? And certainly, you know, if you're feeling such intensity as, you know, these emotions are flowing through, there are all manner of helpers and coaches and therapists and people to help us process this deep emotional material. But the key is to really love ourselves through these waves and not judge it as something is is going wrong with me. It's actually something very powerful and and purposeful that is happening just as a birth.
1: Yeah, and it is so intense. And when you were talking, I was just hearing um, that, you know, we are not only midwifing this birth, but we're hospicing all that that is falling away. And those are are two very different energies and to just to be in that place with that courage and that compassion while we're hospicing and midwifing Mm -hmm. ourselves and our earth right and our world I want to give you an opportunity to say more you you brought in the example of the butterfly and the caterpillar and earlier in in the show you talked about the prescription being nature and art, and there was a good example of nature right there, and I want to give you an opportunity to speak more about nature and art.
2: Well, these are the two most profound conduits to bring you into the now moment with ease, with grace, and with presence. When you are feeling unsettled, whether it's the the lethargy of depression or the ramping up of anxiety that's taking you off your center. One of the clearest, most powerful ways to come back into balance is to get your shoes off, get yourself on the earth, on the mother. Either walk in the forest, get yourself to water, to the ocean, to a river, but connect to the elements connect to these mother earth energies because they bring us completely and totally back into our true divine nature and out of our head see the 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 tendency of depression is pulling us backwards into the past where we're just, um, you know, ruminating all of past hurts, wounds, betrayals, anxiety is, is, you know, thinking about the future, things that haven't come yet. But when we invite ourselves to be in nature and fully be present to the sacred geometry of a flower or a tree or just really drink it in with all of our multi-sensory self. We are, we are so soothed and healed, the negative ions, the air, the earth. It literally is a way for us to heal the separation and come back into unity because we are one. We are one with each other. We are one with all of the elements. And so to, to ask yourself to let go the mind, the overactive um, intelligentsia of the mind that wants to be very clever and gets you to your to-do list. The invitation is to drop that, to be fully present and literally feel your roots going down into the earth and feel Mm -hmm. the sacred energy coming up through you and to to be nourished as if you were a tree with roots, as if you were a fish in the ocean, to let that be your environment, to soothe you, to feed you. And that is such a powerful way. It seems so simple, but I'll tell you, we humans make things so complicated because we are here as creator beings. And the other piece, which is creativity and art, is when we are making something, because we are makers, when mm. we are using the fuel. You know, I, I've created so many poems and so many songs from the depth of sorrow. And, you know, when we have to we have to be in the valley and, and really allow ourselves to completely unravel and taste that wretchedness and that uh, the sorrow of what it is to be human, as well as being on the mountain with the joy. When we then paint or dance or write or sing that, that is when we taste the full expression of what it is to be human in what I will say, the pure perfection of joy. Because joy is not just, you know, a happy meal. Joy is just not happy. Joy is the place where pain and joy collide the place where we are so alive that there is no separation between the dark and the light. There is no separation between the in-breath and the out-breath. And where our our happiness, our, our joy, it's right beside our pain and our loss and our sorrow. And when we are fully engaged in releasing... That concretization of what has been in our body through a song or a dance or a poem or a meal. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, what we consider uh, an act of art that we create to put in a gallery or, you know, a song or a dance. There's so many ways by creating a garden or a beautiful meal. I I wrote today on Facebook, um, art is love made public. And that's how we heal each other, by having the courage to take that which has completely unraveled us, just completely annihilated us. And when we have felt all that we are not, which is disempowered, um, disillusioned, disconnected from our joy and our truth and our sorrow and all that is the, the, the amazing fertilizer that, I'll say, can I say it, the shit in our life, that is the fertilizer for everything that we're here to create. When we have the courage to really come to the edge of ourself, that's when we leap into the great void, which is the filled plenum that contains everything. That's, mm. when, that's when we get our wings. That's when we fly.
1: Mm. Wow. That just, I just want to just rest in that peace um, the invitation is so beautiful to be in that creation and and I just want to bring in the, the piece of really you know the exquisite annihilation of that which we are not and how many of us could really make a list of that which we are not and intentionally, consciously, mindfully, let it go today. You know, we, we try to hang on and, and grasp and, and because we don't know what's next, but this is the invitation, right, Pamela? It's like, we can't know what's next. We can't know what that looks like on the other side of this, but we can let go of that, which we are not. And you said, then we learn that which we really are.
2: Exactly. And I'm going to challenge you and say, don't make a list because that's of the mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I, but <laughs> I would say, I would say the invitation is just to feel it. And the mm. biggest, um, how shall I say, uh, the biggest challenge and yet the biggest gift is to not fear that which is moving through you to take you to your next step and your next chapter and your, your, your evolution. Because I always trust that life knows what it's doing and whatever is showing up in your life is absolutely the perfect thing to bring you to your next Stage your next expansive, most extraordinary chapter. And I will say that as far as that, you know, the annihilation of who we are not is uncomfortable. And we have not been taught how to be uncomfortable. Mm. This is probably the biggest key in our life. We have been taught to take a pill, you know, all all the things we talked about, to run away from, to distract. We have as, as a society, at least first world people, you know, we have been encouraged to, you know, whatever success looks like. We have never really been taught to breathe through that pain of the discomfort when everything is falling apart, which is actually the watershed moment to something extraordinary being birthed and to letting go of what we in our lower self linear 3d minds thought might be great the divine has a much more expansive um vision for us that we can't even grok you know until we just fully let go and so i will say that that piece about being in what we are not i have a mentor who a couple of weeks ago on a zoom call saw me all, you know, my eyes were red from crying. My dog was dying. Everything that I loved seemed like was going. And he said, Whoa, you're really at the bottom of it. You're. And I said, I am. I am. He goes great. And I just laughed. And I said, John, nobody says that. He goes, no, this is a fabulous place to be. Mm -hmm. He said, because when you are there and you are so radiant in your surrender you have so taken off the masks of of, i am this all of the roles you play all the things that the mind and the ego says you are you have actually been given the gift of the dissolution the death the ego death that you are in the chrysalis you've been liquefied right and we have this moment where we are so done and we're so empty and we're so raw that we can't fake anything anymore. Yeah. And and who wants to be fake? We are in that place of being so real that that is when people come, you know, they come close to you and go, what happened to you? Because you just seem so authentic and you're taking nothing from nobody anymore. And you're like, right, because I have let go of all of those voices Mm -hmm. outside of me. And I know where my power is and I am living it, owning it and celebrating it.
1: Oh, thank you Pamela this <laughs> has been awesome and what an invitation to come together in this place and just be in it so thank you so much for joining us today
2: thank you it is such a delight to have this conversation with you because uh, you really embody this, Julie, and it's been such a fun volley and exchange and Yay. Yay to cry until there's snot running down your nose. <laughs>
1: let's,
2: let's all unravel together.
1: <laughs> yes, and we do it. And listeners, until next time, let's do. Let's let's do this together and until that snot runs down our nose. <laughs> thank you, Pamela, and thank you, listeners, for joining us today. Again, you've been listening to the Dr. Julie show, All Things Connected. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, together we're creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.